African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. We zoom into the further um, friction that was really exposed in uh, this weekend's meetings in the context of the African National Congress. This weekend's African National Congress National Executive Committee meeting wasn't short of drama as suspended Secretary General Ace Mahashule and ANC MP Bongani Bongo were booted out of a virtual meeting. While some of at the meeting complained about this, the overall feeling is allegedly said to appear to have been in favor of the act. While addressing the meeting, former President Tabombek expressed concern over the state of the African National Congress after various NEC members said they believe this is the beginning of the end of the ruling party. For the first time in over 100 years, the governing party is holding its NEC meeting with its Secretary General suspended. And as if this is not enough, its secretary, Ace Mahashule, was kicked out of this meeting and still also defying uh, his uh, suspension orders. Now, we're joined on the program today by Levin Doe, political analyst, and Nagogo Obrimajikli, who's also joining us on the line. But before we start off uh, uh, this particular conversation with them, uh, for you as the African listener, let's uh, uh, listen to this uh, report just to get a context of uh, the happenings over the weekend. Ace Mahashule is suspended from the ANC in line with the party's step-aside resolution. He was put out of the virtual meeting at the weekend along with MP Pongani Pongo. In a leaked audio recording of the meeting, Limpopo ANC provincial chairperson Stan Matabata is heard saying there is a need to have a retreat to deal with the challenges facing the ANC. Comrades, I think the president asked a very important question of the unity of the African National Congress. The unity of the African National Congress cannot be traded for anything. So what perhaps we need to do as the African National Congress comrade chair is to ask ourselves a very fundamental question that says, do we still have an organization called African National Congress? Or do you have two or three groupings or factions who all claim to be representing the organization called the African National Congress? Matabata was supported by former President Tabon Beki, who was heard saying the NEC needs to give careful consideration to Matabata's suggestion. Some other comments have made similarly very, really serious remarks about the state of organization. Comrade Chupo, I think that's how you pronounce the name, had called for a retreat. And he said that retreat must discuss this question. Do we still have any organization called the ANC? That's a very, very serious challenge, Comrade Chen, comrades, that a comrade says we need to meet, he said, two or three day retreat seriously to look at this matter. In another leaked audio recording, another NEC member, Dakota Lehuete, decried what he calls the selective implementation of conference resolution to punish perceived detractors. He said the current NEC has become a liability to the ANC, insisting that since the year 2017 conference, NEC members have been involved in infighting amongst themselves instead of serving the people of South Africa and the ANC. He has also urged President Cyril Ramaphosa to be the president of the ANC, and not of a faction. 
I want to propose a motion into our provinces, regions, and branches that we must either consider Rule 29 of the Constitution of having a special conference. Because we have reached a point that where we are in liability. It's our fourth year now, but there's no considerable uh, effort in terms of ensuring that South African benefits from our leadership. For example, we trade with 12 trillion rand every day in the stock exchange. The previously disadvantaged own 5%. What is our role and responsibility as this leadership? Except to deal with one another and selectively so only the weak like Vincent Smith will be checked by MPA. Some of us who are strong men and women in this movement were untouchable. And finally, Comrade President, I would request that you be the president of our movement. Don't be a president of a faction. Please help the ANC. But the ANC has warned against the leaking of audio recordings of its virtual NEC meeting. It says those leaking information to the public without authorization could be found guilty of misconduct, as party spokesperson Pulemabe explains. The African National Congress is concerned about the growing tendency of leaking internal discussions of the organization, including the implications of such practice. We are aware that they are supplied information by their own proxies to further a nefarious task of not only dividing the ANC, but also to drive a particular narrative that goes against the united spirit displayed by the meeting of the NEC currently underway. The ANC approved communications protocol states any member who leaks or releases information to the media or public without due authorization or prior approval shall be guilty of misconduct. The ANC legal team is looking into this matter of leaks, including the unauthorized dissemination of ANC NEC material across social media platforms. The three-day meeting was called to discuss the implementation of resolutions and the guidelines on the stepping aside as well as the Integrity Commission reports and the setting up of the appeals panel, among others. And President Cyril Ramaphosa is expected to read out the closing remarks at the end of this gathering. I am Tebu Mukobo in Johannesburg. Well, definitely that uh, really unfolds uh, the crisis uh, that is uh, one that is prolonged, actually. It's not a new dynamic. It's something that has been a dark cloud over the African National Congress uh, for, uh, let's say, a year now. But helping us to understand the African National Congress's current crisis, we're joined by Mr. Levin Doe, who is a politics lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology and also speaks on his personal capacity as a political analyst in the country. We also are joined by Gogo Aubrey Machikli, who is a political commentator, also an academic in his own right, who's giving us his time on our program today. Thank you both for giving us your time. Towards Gogo Aubrey, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you. Definitely, we've kind of been restating the same thing as I started the program, rehashing the chaos of the weekend. What are your thoughts, Gogo Aubrey? Well, to understand what is happening now, you, you, you have two choices. You can either look only at what is happening now to try to understand what the future portends for the ruling party, or you can go back to June uh, 2005, uh, the period after uh, the firing of uh, Jacob Zuma as the uh, deputy president of the country, uh, former president, Thabo Mbeki, and the NGC, which happened uh, that month in 2005 in June, mm. at which NGC the rebellion against uh, Thabo Mbeki effectively was launched, culminating in his uh, defeat by Jacob Zuma in Bulugane and his removal as a head of state in 2008. In other words, what I'm suggesting 
is that we should see what is happening now as part of a continuum of tensions that go back to 2005. And to try and understand what is happening, we should look then at both the continuities and discontinuities. In other words, what is different about the past and what is the same or similar about what is uh, happening now? And it seems to me, if we look at it that way, one of the things we may have to appreciate is that what matters in the ANC at the moment is not principle. It is not the truth. It is numbers. Those who have the numbers in the NEC or in the branches are the ones who are going to drive their agenda, irrespective of whether that agenda is aligned to the truth or not. An example is the step-aside resolution. These members of the ANC adopted the same resolution, read the same resolution, but look at what they are doing. They are interpreting the resolution of the conference and the decisions of the ANC about that resolution in a manner that seeks to advantage particular factions and disadvantage their opponents. Well, you're contextualizing this from a historical perspective, Coco Aubrey. But, you know, it seems to be that fact that the fact that the stench has been one that is one that has been going on for a long while, but it seems like it's getting more and more bitter. And there's an African proverb that says, he who rides upon a donkey cannot help but smell its gas. And it seems like right now the stench is becoming overwhelming for the African National Congress. But staying with that narrative that you bring does this inform the factionalization that you speak about? Is it the bitterness that's carried by former President Tabombeki for his own ousting? Also the fact that we've seen um, the former president as well, uh, Jacob Zuma, in the same uh, predicament. Um, I mean, we're seeing a secretary general battling against the president of the African National Congress here. How do we create those links? Well, what is at the center of what is happening now is a battle to control the ANC. It's a battle for control. And you have two dominant factions that are engaged in this battle. The so-called Tumamina faction, which supports President Cyril Ramaphosa, and the so-called Radical Economic Transformation Forces, which support both Isma Khashule and former president, Jacob Zuma. Now, as I said, you have a resolution that was uh, firstly adopted at the 2015 National General Council of the ANC, reiterated at the 2017 NASREC conference about what should happen to members of the ANC against whom serious allegations are made, or who are facing criminal charges. So the the conference resolution is broader than the decision that has been taken by the NEC. The NEC says those who are are facing criminal charges must step aside. As the resolution is broader to include even those against whom serious allegations are being made who are not facing criminal charges. Why you have one faction emphasizing one and not the other is precisely because 
a particular reading of the resolution and decisions of the NFC is either an advantage or a disadvantage, depending on where you sit. So if you are the RET forces, the, the radical economic transformation forces, a reading of the decision of uh, the NEC is that it is narrow mm. because mm. it targets those who are facing criminal charges, particularly people like uh, Ace Mahatune. Whereas a broader reading would target members of the ANC who in number will be larger than those who are facing criminal charges and would impact on the dominant faction too, that is the Tuma mm, mm, faction. Mm. Let's bring uh, Mr. Levindo into this conversation. What's your assumption of what's happening here, Mr. Levindo? Because one would actually say that Koko uh, Obri Machikli is speaking in line of what Esma Khashule has been speaking about, the fact that it seems like the decision when it comes to step-aside resolution is a bit more... Um, zoned into specific individuals whereby uh, the step-aside resolution from a uh, conference context was way broader. What are your thoughts around that particular line of thought? Good morning, Shatama. Good morning, uh, Gogo Machiki. Uh, oh. Good morning to the listeners at home. I think it's um, it's 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 important to point out that the current NEC has deliberately or undeliberately <laughs> took decisions that do not benefit the ANC and the South African population in general. Why do I say so? I say so because the these resolutions or this resolution that is creating problems with the ANC was adopted long time ago. And in my view, the ANC leadership should have had sufficient time in the past to sit down and look at this resolution, identify the loopholes in the resolution, and have a discussion before anybody could be charged or before anything else could happen. And for me, I wouldn't be expecting to have the NEC or any structure of the ANC discussing steps and arguing about the resolution now. Because this is the resolution that was adopted long time ago in 2017. That was four years ago. And the, the NEC even today is still bogged down in arguing about a resolution that was adopted in conference long and very long time ago. But for me also, it it takes me to another aspect. The ANC leadership that we have now was given a clear mandate by conference at NASRAC. And the mandate given to this leadership was to Go out and show that you work together as a unity and unify the African National Congress. That has not been the case. And when I hear the suggestions from the leaked audio from former President Mbeki and the Premier of Limpopo, 
what comes into my mind is that this is what a fragmented leadership should have done as early as uh, after they were elected, maybe in the early uh, uh, months of 2018, so that they should be able to find ways to be able to work with one another. Mm. There are notable instances wherein the Secretary General, after the National Executive Committee meetings, would come out and read the statement of the NEC, and some members of the NEC would say that was not a true reflection of what we actually uh, discussed in the NEC meeting, Mm -hmm. and they will make amendments. And another aspect for me that this NEC should have done should have been to draw a clear line, not on corruption now, on discipline, simple party discipline. The, the current NEC is comprised of the members who are not disciplined or would not adhere to party discipline. That is why you would have this kind of friction, which is informed by different factions that are in existence within the party. And another clear indication of ill discipline within the party are the same audios that you just played there that are leaking from the NEC uh, meeting, which were not actually supposed to be leaking. Mm. So for me, those three important, uh, those three aspects are the issues that the NEC should have been able to deal with and be able to move forward. But very importantly, the ANC that we have today, the leadership of the ANC, that we have today is actually uh, quite divided Mm. and there is a clear inability to mend the divisions and that has got serious uh, implications on the uh, entire uh, ANC as an organization. Let's look at the contradictions when it comes to how this step-aside resolution is being interpreted, uh, Mr. Levendor, because one would say the contradictions are persisting in terms of how it's actioned out. I mean, when you think about uh, how uh, the former uh, spokesperson of the president, Kuselo Diko, has been asked to step aside over that uh, procurement uh, process over um, some uh, COVID-19 processes, um, that was an interesting decision that came by. But uh, in a contradicting manner, we saw uh, Zandile Gumete, who was also asked to step aside. She, she, she did it voluntarily, but somehow she still remains within the structures of the party because she's still uh, within uh, the provincial legislature in KwaZulu-Natal. How problematic is the fact that it seems like this process has not been combed out in terms of how it can be interpreted. Well, firstly, it's about what I indicated, that um, this current leadership should have actually done something in order to ensure that there is no uh, um, uh, contradictions or an area that does not seem to be understood in the step-aside resolution. Another thing that we need to look at before I come to that one 
is the fact that because of the step-aside resolution of the ANC, leaders of the ANC also have got a lot of pressure from within and outside the ANC in terms of implementing the step-aside resolution and how do they deal with corruption. Ramaphosa, when he came into power, he promised South Africans that he's going to ensure that he deals with corruption and he must also be seen to be acting in terms of what he has actually promised. But I think what is important now is that there appears to be uh, an element of disagreement when it comes to the issue of the step-aside. Gogo Matriki indicated here that it's, it's mainly about numbers and how some people would feel uh, uh, aggrieved or they accept the guidelines. The NEC is the one that came up with the guideline and obviously if some of these uh, of the guidelines do not um, uh, suit the other section, we are actually going to find ourselves in this kind of a situation today. But broadly, the whether, whether the NEC agrees or they backtrack on the step-aside resolution, mm. it brings a simple message to the ordinary South Africans. It will talk about the attitude of the ANC mm. in the fight against corruption. And whether the other faction would be successful and ensure that the step-aside resolution is shelved to be dealt with uh, with another forum in the next two years or so, mm. or whether it is implemented today, it's, it will still be left to the ordinary citizens to actually judge the ANC in terms of their approach in the fight against corruption. The ANC wanted to start somewhere to deal with the issue of corruption. Some are saying, we are all painted with corruption. And some within the ANC are saying these are specific areas where the step-aside resolution is supposed to touch. Mm. And it is these men and women that are still meeting even today to come with a clear line. And But also, in, in whatever they do, they should not forget that ordinary citizens are saying, ANC, you have been too lenient with corruption. You don't seem to be prepared to deal with corruption. And obviously, they will do what they do best to punish the party come uh, elections. Mm. That's Levin Doe, a political analyst today, joining us alongside Goko Obri Majikli, who are on the line, helping us to understand the dynamics within the African National Congress, especially when it comes to actioning it out. The This particular step-aside resolution, it seems like it's creating further polarization within the African National Congress. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back to continue to understand why these uh, power dynamics are actually uh, seeming to actually break down even the existence of the African National Congress. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back.
Building Africa with love. Hujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, South Africa's external service into sub-Saharan Africa. You're joining us right here on www.channelafrica.co.za. And if you are listening to us on our DSTV channel, we're on Channel 802. You're with me, Benjamin Moshatam. I'm joined by Levindo and Goko Obrimachitli, both of them giving us a political insights on the current uh, situation when it comes to the uh, deepening crisis of the African National Congress. Let me come back to you, Goko Oprimachikli, in terms of trying to understand um, Ace Mahashule and where he sits in this particular puzzle. On the weekend, um, he was actually removed from the NEC meeting uh, due to the fact that uh, he has been suspended. But we know that uh, he's responded to the suspension and saying that he wants to rebuff the suspension uh, from um, the leadership of the African National Congress. What are your thoughts of Ace Mahashulov, where he sits from his own power dynamics and also what uh, is uh, the crisis um, as him being the focus? Well, the challenge facing Isma Khashule is twofold. Firstly, it is to stay out of jail. And uh, secondly, it is to survive politically uh, inside the ANC. Because remember, with the steps that he took last week, particularly the step to write a letter suspending the membership, of the president of the ANC, Cyril Ramaphosa, he faces the real possibility of uh, facing a disciplinary process in the ANC, which disciplinary process may culminate in his expulsion as a member of the ANC. So as we speak, the stakes are quite high because now he is fighting uh, for political survival in the ruling party, he is fighting to retain his membership of uh, the um, ANC. But before we come to that, he has indicated also that he is going to appeal the decision to suspend him. Mm. The NEC was to discuss an appeals process. Now, we wait to hear what kind of appeals process they uh, have adopted if they indeed adopt such a process. If they did, he will appeal. And if he appeals, then his suspension, his suspension will be in abeyance. But even if his suspension is not in abeyance, remember, the suspension is not a complete disadvantage to Ace Mahajule. He can use the time to mobilize support for himself despite the fact that in the suspension letter, the ANC says he is not allowed to mobilize. What the ANC cannot do, as we saw with the ANC branches coming out in Eteguini yesterday, is mobilization happening in his support and in his defense. 
in light of that, there seems to be something that he's stating in terms of the decision-making powers within the NEC and also how provinces um, have to contribute to some of the decision-making processes and policies. What are your thoughts around how he's angling himself in that particular direction where he's saying, let's give provinces powers as well to be part of the decision-making process? Well, he has made the point that the ANC is not an organization of leaders. It is an organization of branches. Something that sounds similar to what Jacob Zuma said Mm -hmm. prior to the 2007 Bulugana conference, that the ANC is an organization of branches, and his rallying call, amongst others, was that the ANC, Aibuyele, meaning it must go back to the branches, the basic structures of the organization. By saying that, Esma Khashule is mobilizing support for branches. As I said, we saw yesterday how in a media conference, branches in Eteguin, in KwaZulu-Natal, came out in this support and in support of former President Jacob Zuma. But if my sources are correct, uh, branches in the Eastern Cape, uh, branches in the free state are going to court to challenge the decision of the National Executive Committee of the ANC. Mm, I hear the, the the cackling of the crow in in the background there, Coco Aubrey. Uh, you know the that particular issue is very problematic, Mr. Levindor, because it is part of that power struggle. Where does the power belong within the African National Congress? And one would have thought by now those kind of issues would be set in stone. Well, um, obviously, that is what everybody else has been thinking about. And unfortunately, you have got the, you have got Nazarek that brought uh, to South Africa this kind of leadership. And um, if there is one leadership that um, um, uh, would be difficult to forget, would be the leadership that the ANC has given to South Africa at Nazrek. The leadership that is not able to uh, uh, contain uh, themselves uh, in terms of how they are supposed to be working together. This is the leadership of the ANC where it is very clear that the officials of the party do, uh, are not, do not love each other. They are so opposed to each other um, uh, uh, than being opposed uh, to the opposition itself. This is the leadership that we have today in the ANC. But the unfortunate part is that this leadership is also given specific responsibilities by conference to do. And unfortunately, it has always become quite difficult for this leadership to be able to converge and work together as a simple unit. I fully um, uh, agree with what uh, uh, Gogo just said there in relation to the the political life of um, uh, the Secretary General in the sense that 
The Secretary General has, um, there is a jail, the possibility of jail because of the uh, criminal activities and the expulsion from the party. And very, very obviously, he is in a corner and he has to act in a manner that is actually acting. But I think it's also very important that I think in a situation where Ace Mahashule finds himself, mm. he should actually be able to act in a manner that he does not end up destroying himself and also behave in a manner that people who were sympathetic to him would end up losing sympathy or no longer being sympathetic to him. Because some of the decisions that he's taking mm. do not put him in a better position in the eyes of uh, uh, branches that he claims to be uh, having support of, mm. in the eyes of some people who are supporting him within the NEC, and in the eyes of the general mm. public. Mm. The ANC, even if you triumph within the ANC squabbles, you still need the general support of the public. And I think that is one area that when the members of the ANC are busy fighting, they also need to, to look at the fact that they still have to go out and appeal to the ordinary citizens. And whatever you do actually determines how people perceive you and whether they can still trust you or whether they can still want you to work on their behalf if you want to go to government. Mm. Coming back to you with the final question, Koko Machikli, I heard the, the cackling cock there. Maybe it's a good time for us now uh, to speak around uh, Tabumbeki. He's always fashioned himself as this prophetic figure in this political spectrum in South Africa. And it seems like he's doing the same now with asking questions around the fact that is there an ANC? Of course there is an ANC. It is there, but it's actually split and it's in Tartars. Um, what are your thoughts around him speaking around the future and the existence of the ANC and trying to refashion whether this is the ANC of now uh, in terms of the fact that he doesn't believe it's the ANC of old? I think it's just a transgression in his light because he's not admitting to the iniquities of the parties. Well, I think former President Tabumbeki, through the current president of the party, Cyril Ramaphosa, under the past, Maybe he did so unconsciously. What does he do? He reiterates a, a question that has been posed by others in the NEC meeting. And the question is, is there still an organization called the ANC? Obviously, this is not a question. This is a rhetorical question mm. posed by those who believe that there is no longer an organization called the ANC. Mm. So they fought such an organization. But because of its state of decline, it, it looks like something that no longer exists compared to what the party has been in the past. When that question comes from a former president of the party, such as Tabombeki, to me, that does not sound like a question made in confidence, 
in other words, as a sign of confidence in the leadership of Cyril Ramaphosa. So for me, mm-hmm. maybe unconsciously, that question coming from the mouth of Tabombeki was a vote of no confidence mm-hmm. in the leadership of Cyril Ramaphosa. That's interesting. Um, Levy, your thoughts on that? Yes, indeed. Um, if you have these kind of questions raised, um, my sense was that um, leaders of the ANC are letting down this movement. Leaders of the ANC are actually not working in the best interest of the ANC. And for me, it was not only directed to one individual, it was directed to the entire NEC in the sense that a meeting before this one, you have had members of the NEC howling at each other. Mm. It, it says to you that collectively, we don't seem to be having people that are working in the interest of the ANC. But I would also uh, bring it differently and say, maybe the question was to say, what seemed to be a problem when you are the leadership and you, you have got all the authority to take harsh decisions and you are actually doing nothing about it? Hmm. You see, in South Africa, we've got a challenge of giving people power. And after giving these people power, instead of doing or fixing Mm. the problems, they continue to complain. Mm. And that is why in South Africa, it's only in South Africa, that you can still get um, a minister complaining about certain things that are not being done correctly, Mm. instead of them fixing the problems. And it is up to this NEC as well, that they should have done more to fix the problems rather than fighting amongst themselves. Well, thank you both for giving us your time. Definitely, there is uh, a lot to still unpack and see what's going to unfold because there is a contestation of these decisions made from an NEC level. But thank you to Levindo, politics analyst, and Gogo Obrimachikli, also political commentator and academic, and also a healer, uh, joining us on the line. We really appreciate you giving us your time. Hello. You're welcome. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting.